It's under the theme tonight, Do I, Do You Really Matter to God? That I invite you to turn in the Old Testament to Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah chapter 49. Our focus tonight will be on verse 16, but I want to begin reading with verse 8, Isaiah 49. This is what the Lord says, in the time of my favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land, to reassign its desolate inheritances, to say to the captives, come out. To those in darkness, be free. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat upon them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. I will turn all my mountains into roads and all my highways will be raised up. See, They will come from afar, some from the north, some from the west, some from the region of Aswan. Shout for joy, O heavens, rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, the Lord has forgotten me, or the Lord has forsaken me, the Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? Have no compassion on the child she has born, though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. That's the verse we're going to focus on tonight. I have engraved you, says the Lord, on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Lord, help us to understand what that means tonight that our very names are engraved on the palms of your hands, and that our every need is known to you, and that you are a God who cares for us more than any other. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will speak through his word tonight to our heart. In Christ's name, amen. I think it is safe to say, dear friends in Christ, as I begin tonight, that we live in a day where there are messages here, there, and everywhere. You see messages on billboards. You see messages on bumper stickers. You see messages on T-shirts. You see messages on body parts in other places. Some of those messages are quite informative. Some are somewhat instructive. Some of them are quite humorous. Some of them are, frankly, quite profane irreverent. One religious one, and I suspect we've all seen it at one time or another, is the message that simply says, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And we want to say, indeed, yes, Jesus is the answer. But as someone once asked by scrolling underneath, just what's the question to which Jesus is the answer? What's the question? And I suspect that Jesus is the answer to a whole variety of questions that people ask and needs that they have. But I want to suggest two very basic, fundamental, foundational questions that every person has 
to which Jesus is the answer. The first question is, do I truly matter to God? The second question, does God truly care? Does he genuinely care about me, my life, my needs? Those questions could easily dovetail together, but we're going to consider the first one tonight. Who knows? Maybe at another time we can look at the second one. But tonight the question, do I matter? That question surfaces in my mind when I reflect on that. When sometimes I see such a myriad of people, just this week Friday, coming home around the 11 o'clock hour being on Highway 131, I got beyond 76th Street before I hit 84th. What a myriad of cars headed for Tanger Mall. Coming from the north, they were coming from the south, they were coming from the east, they were coming from the west. All those people wanting to do some Black Friday shopping. And I thought to myself, God, do you know who's in every one of these cars? Do you know these people? And then it surfaces in my mind when I watched a particular football game yesterday around the noon hour, what a delicious and wonderful game that was. But I saw some 90, 100,000 people in that horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio. And I thought, God, do you know these persons? Do you know them, each one? Being in a crowded airport today, Recent days, Lord, do you see all these people scrambling around? Do you know them? Busy restaurants, and I could go on. God, do you know them? Some of them are well-dressed. Some of them not well-dressed. Some of them speak English. Some speak another language. Some of them are obviously wealthy, and some of them obviously not wealthy. Lord, what a mass of humanity. Do you know each one by name? Does each one matter to you? Really, really each one matter to you? Do I? In this question, do I matter? Do we matter? Comes to my mind when I consider tonight what's happening yet with abortions. Sadly, over six million people who die within the womb each year within our world Last year, some 862,000 within our country. Some 2,062, I read, each day. Within our given state here in Michigan, some 25,000 deaths last year. Abortion deaths. Far more than died through COVID. We hear so much about the one. We hear far too little about the other. But these lives that, that God was forming and putting together and Intending to have life. And then that life is so suddenly and sadly snuffed out. And I ask myself the question, Lord, do you know each of these persons even though they've not yet been born? Do you care for each one? Does each one truly matter to you, we wonder? And yet again, do we matter? This question surfaces in my mind when I read a little bit about astronomy, and I know so little, frankly, about that subject, but um, as I read what scientists tell us, that our sun, our sun, is one of 
100 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy system. And that Milky Way galaxy system is just a medium-sized galaxy system among 200 billion others, all swarming with stars. And then I ask myself, can a person named Calvin Compagner, living on just a speck of a planet, in a tiny solar system, in a mediocre galaxy, really make a difference to the creator of the entire universe? Are we noticed? Are you? Am I? By the creator of all? We're not the first one, perhaps, who might have wondered about that. The psalm writer, Psalm 8, asked the question, when I look at your heavens, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? What are mortals that you care for them? The psalm writer gives a very wonderful response to that in Psalm 8, and I encourage you to read that. But I want to direct our attention to an answer that God gives in this little verse that's tucked away in chapter 49 of Isaiah, where he says, see, or it could be behold, or take note, I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. What a statement that is, and what an answer, really, to the question, do we matter? Does God really notice us, each one of us, individually? Now, let me mention that God is speaking this word in Isaiah 49, this statement, to people who are suffering through perhaps the low point of Old Testament history. The situation is this. Israel has just been defeated. No, they've been annihilated by the enemy, Babylon. The city of Jerusalem lies in ruins. The temple has been profaned. Historians tell us that when the Babylonian soldiers entered into the temple of God in Jerusalem, they were somewhat fearful of this invisible God of Israel. They had heard great things that he had done. So they took their spears and swords along and they, they waved them through the air thinking perhaps they could defeat him through sword. But nothing happened. Nothing happened. And so the temple was desecrated. The holy city destroyed. Many, many Hebrew people were shipped in chains to Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. The words of Psalm 137 come to mind and what it was like to be one of God's people back then in exile in Babylon. Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon we sat, we wept. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, O daughter of Jerusalem, doomed to destruction, happy the one who repays you for what you have done to us, the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. As I said, the people in Babylon, the exiles, to whom this word was spoken by the prophet. About as low as you could go. They were angry. 
They were asking, does God truly notice us here in this God-forsaken awful land, this foreign land? Do we really matter to God? Is this what it means to be the chosen people of God? To have our land plowed under? Our cities ransacked? Our women and children put to death? Our strong men sent away in exile? Oh, let's recognize tonight they're not the first of God's chosen people who've had to deal with harshness and with severe persecution, awful conditions. Many of God's people down through the centuries have not been treated well, not treated well at all. They've known times of suffering and persecution, even to the extreme. My ancestors, the Huguenots in France, Again, I don't know the whole story, but it's not a pleasant story as they had to escape death and move to a safer place. And every month I subscribe and I read that magazine, Voice of the Martyrs, Voice of the Martyrs. I received another copy yesterday. But it helps me appreciate, and I need to appreciate what's happening today to brothers and sisters in Jesus living in North Korea in Nigeria, in China, and I could go on and on. The Lord has forsaken us. The Lord has forgotten us. So spoke Zion in verse 14, the people of God. And it's to these people of God, past and present, that God speaks this word, a most beautiful promise, verse 15, can a mother forget the baby at her breast? Have no compassion on the child she has born, though she may forget, unlikely yet possible, though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Did Israel truly matter to God? Had he forgotten her? Had he forsaken her? I should think not. I should think not. Even though she had failed God and had disappointed God and was ever so deserving of the exile now being experienced, God loved her still. He could not cancel out his love for his people because Israel mattered so much to God. These were his chosen and precious people, the people of Zion. Their names were written not only, they were engraved on the very hand of God, their maker, their redeemer. And what a powerful and picturesque way that is. To understand how much God cared for Israel, engraved on his hand, and how much he cares for us. Yes, indeed, he knows us, each one. He knows our name, as we sang. He knows each individual need. He notices our tears. He hears our cries, even our whispers. It doesn't matter that there is in excess of six billion other people in the world. God notices his children, each 
one. He's not too big to notice, and we are not too small to have him notice. He has our name engraved, you see. And our needs are always before him. One novelist put it this way. The maker of all things made each one of us special. He notices each one always. He loves each one deeply. He wants each one, each one to be one of his. And dear friends, that's the message that Jesus proclaimed loudly and clearly in the Gospels. As we know, Jesus was God present on this earth, God present in all of his fullness. And oh, how Jesus loved people individually. You know the stories of the Bible. God is like that shepherd. 99 sheep in the pen, but there's one missing. And the shepherd notices it. He's not content with just watch. He has to go out and search for that lost one. That lost one. Because God cares. That straying one, that missing one, that one mattered to God. In God, the Bible tells us, he's like that father. A rebel son has left home, but but that father cannot forget his son. He cannot forget his son, even though he has another son at home, respectful, obedient. The one rebellious who left his name, you see, was written on the palm of the father's hand. And he continued to think about that son and desire for that son to come home into his fellowship once again. It's a picture really of God, that parable. And the Bible says God is like that rich host who sent out many invitations to a banquet. And many of them, for frivolous reasons, denied coming. And so he opened the doors and he invited all people to come, those from the streets, People perhaps quite bummy. We would call them street, street people. Others might not even know who those were, but God knew who they were, and he invited them to come to his banquet, to his banquet. We would call them today person access. Nobody knows their name. God knows. God cares. God loves. And once Jesus pulled back the curtain, between heaven and earth, just enough, just enough to let us know here on earth what happens when a sinner comes to repentance and faith. The angels in heaven erupt in praise. Their celebration for just one, just one who's come to new life in Jesus. You see, every person matters to God. In the Bible, that leper living outside the city, ever so isolated, cut off from the community, from family, but not from Jesus. He touched, he touched such a one. And then I'm thinking tonight of that woman so shy and so full of shame, so unclean, She had an issue for many, many years. She had gone to a host of doctors and received no help. 
And she heard that Jesus was coming near, and so she slithers through the crowd, and she touches just the, the, the end of his robe or the tassel on his robe. So many people there who touched my robe. Oh, there's so many. No, Jesus says, someone touched me. You see, that woman mattered, just that one to him. And I'm thinking now of that blind man outside of Jericho, off the road a bit. Bartimaeus was his name. Every day he gathered there and begged. And he heard that Jesus was coming through and he could not see him, but he, he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. Like I said, he had shouted that so often, people didn't even hear him anymore. But Jesus stopped. He says, someone's calling for me. Someone's calling for me. You see that man in his need that mattered to Jesus. And then as he entered into Jericho on one occasion, you know, there was that wee little man. He had climbed up into a tree because he was small. But he was not a good man, so maybe he climbed into that tree to hide. But he heard that Jesus was coming through. And he wished for other people not to see him, perhaps. But as Jesus passed by, he looked up into that tree. He saw Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, you must come down. I'm going to go, go to your house today. Jesus notices each one. I could go on and give further illustrations. Each one matters to him. The rich do not matter more to Jesus than the poor. The healthy don't matter more to God than the sick and the disabled. The elite don't matter more than the common people. Adults don't matter more than children. Women are not less important to God than, than men are. Even in the crowd, Jesus notices the individual. What a God. What a God. What a Savior. What an awesome comfort and encouragement to us as we sit here tonight that you matter to this God. You count. Every person hearing my voice, you count. Oh, I hope that you matter and you count to others, to many others, that they let you know in their own way what a valued and precious and important person you are. I hope that is true. But we live in a sinful, broken world. And it isn't always the case. There are always some who feel ever so forsaken, ever so neglected, ever so worthless. One thing I know, that you, whoever you are, you matter to God. You are precious. He has your name engraved on the very palm of his hand. You are loved by the Almighty, the creator of the entire universe. And the ultimate proof, the ultimate proof, dear friends, that we matter to God is that that hand on which our name is engraved is a hand that has scars and wounds the wounds of the cross. We mattered so much to God Almighty that there was no cost too high, too much 
for him to pay so that we might be rescued from darkness, from the eternal pit. He sent his one and only beloved son to save us, to redeem us. In Christ, God laid down his life for you and for me. So much did we matter to him. So great his love for us. So deep his desire that we be spared the eternal torments of hell. That we share in his everlasting glory. If somehow, if somehow we think that we do not matter, that we have no value, that our existence makes no difference, please, please remember in this Christmas season why God came to this earth. God so loved the world, you and me, that he let go of his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but enjoy everlasting life. That we would not be enemies of his forever, but that through grace, through faith, we would become his sons and daughters, adopted into his forever family. To the question, to the question, do we truly matter? Jesus indeed is the answer. He is God's answer. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you tonight for your holy word and for that verse tucked away in Isaiah 49 in which you make it clear to an ancient hurting and discouraged people, not only, but to your dear children of any age and any time, just how much each one matters to you, how important they are to you, the Almighty God. We give you praise, we give you thanks that our names are engraved on the palms of your hands tonight and that our concerns and our needs are always known to you. And especially, oh God, especially, communicate this truth to the one who feels forsaken perhaps tonight, to the one who's struggling, to the one who thinks he or she has little if any value, maybe that their life is not even worth living. Oh God, embrace such a soul with the glorious truth of Isaiah 49. Oh God, what a wonderful, what an amazing God you are, that you care for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen.